Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, and as always, we have another amazing guest. This week, we have Josh Seiden. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Josh, thanks for coming back on. It's been a couple of years since you were on the show last time, and a lot has happened since then. For our audience who doesn't know about everything that you've been doing, I'll give you a quick overview. Josh here is a designer, a strategy consultant, a coach, an author. You've worked with companies like S&P, American Express, Fidelity, you pretty much name it. You started Sense and Respond as a press after you wrote the book Sense and Respond. You wrote the book Lean UX, and, and basically you've been a godfather of this lean startup movement for quite a long time. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks for coming back well, on. So let's get the audience up to speed with some of the new things that you're working on. One of the things that I spent a lot of time doing, I spent about half my time consulting with clients and the other half training people in various methods. And so one of the things that's come up over the last couple of years a lot is teams trying to work together to be more effective and trying to align around kind of creating business outcomes. We hear the slogan a lot, outcomes over output. In other words, focus on the results, not on the stuff we're making. Right. And everybody nods their head and says, yes, obviously, it's like mom and apple pie. But actually doing it is hard. And so in the course of my consulting with clients, we've discovered some ways to do that that are relatively practical and, and straightforward. And so my new book, Outcomes Over Output, is all about that. And I really like the book. It's a short, quick read, but it gets you right tactically into how to do this stuff. And some of the things I've been thinking about in preparation to talk to you, you know, you think about the old days of building product. At one point, it was almost like you built a product and you were done. But nowadays, right. like, when are you done? Uh, idea of when is Facebook finished? When is Google finished? When is XYZ? When are you done with your product? And the answer is probably never. And so that's probably changed the way folks have to tackle these problems of new value creation. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're used to thinking about projects in an almost industrial way. Like we make a widget and then it rolls off the manufacturing line and then we're done with it and people buy it. We do it again over and over. But the things that we're working on now are different. There are these big complex systems that we're constantly working on to try to get people using them, using them the right way, using them in ways that create value for them and create value for the business and create value for the world. The obvious examples are things like Twitter, which it's a complex system. It's a platform. People get on Twitter and then who knew that Twitter of 2019, when we started using it, years ago that it would become the Twitter of 2019 with its global influence and all the complexity. And so if you're in charge of a platform like that, like it's easy to bash on Twitter and listen, I'm not sitting here and defending them, but I will say they have a hard job. They've got this big system with millions upon millions of people on it. How do you control that? So it's a different universe from making Model T's. Well, I think even back when they were first starting off, even the consumers that were using it changed the features or the whole concept of hashtag, I don't believe came from Twitter directly, but you know, users using it as a 
shortcut to highlight content and things along those lines. So the users themselves adapted to the feature functionality of the platform was, and that's becoming more and more prevalent as more and more people are engaged with products and services in, in different ways. Yeah. And in fact, Twitter had to adapt to what its users were doing, right? These features, right. the features were emergent, right? And that's kind of one of the hallmarks of a complex system. And so the thing in the book, I say that if you're thinking about trying to be outcome-centered in your work, first of all, we need a shared definition of what an outcome is. It's not just a result. In the book, I say that an outcome is a change in behavior that creates business value. So it's user behavior, customer behavior, employee behavior, stakeholder behavior, a change in behavior that generates value. If you're responsible for managing Twitter, how do you get people to behave in the ways you want? And that could be very, very little tactical behaviors. Like we want people to tweet in 280 characters instead of 140 or really important and significant behavior changes like trying to end trolling. Hey listeners, I wanted to pause this episode to bring you a special announcement. We are bringing back the IO Summit. Yes, the third annual Inside Outside Innovation Summit is coming October 20th through the 22nd. This year's theme is talent, technology, and the future of innovation. If you are an entrepreneur, innovator, corporate leader, looking to future-proof your organization, showcase your startup, or just mix and mingle with some of the best and the brightest in the world of innovation, don't miss this immersive event, October 20th through 22nd. Check out tickets at theiosummit.com. As you're working with companies in that, what are some of the biggest challenges or problems that folks are facing that they're either not getting this particular concept or they're jumping to a different way of measuring it? Or what are some of the core challenges that teams have with adopting this type of way of work? So the first challenge is that all of our work is organized around the output, the stuff that we make. And I think it's just everybody's tendency to think in terms of features, to think in terms of features are concrete. We can see them, we can visualize them, we can pin them down. Check them off whereas, list. <laughs> Exactly. And whereas outcomes are a more abstract concept, and so they're harder to articulate. But then for teams that are trying to turn or organizations that are trying to turn to outcomes, a lot of the problem is that we define outcomes that are too big to achieve or to control. In the book, I distinguish the sort of highest level result, which I call impact, from the more detailed results, which I call outcomes. And let me give you an example of that. An impact is something like revenue or cost or customer satisfaction. It's something that is important to the business. Executives care about it, but it's the result of lots of factors. One feature is not going to change customer satisfaction necessarily, right. Right? or it won't do it unless you control it for all the other things that are going on. Right. So sometimes you see teams trying to be outcome-centric and that leaders will say, okay, well, you need to increase customer satisfaction. No single team can do that. Right. Right. Yeah, it's too interdependent with other things that you can't exactly. control from the product side. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So then what happens is teams are left and they go, well, like, well, we're making a feature and we think it will change satisfaction. Well, no, you actually need an intermediate layer there. And that's what an outcome is. So an outcome is something like when customers are able to send email more easily, then their satisfaction goes up. 
And so then you can work on the outcome, which is customers are able to send email more easily. And that's a change in behavior that I can measure. Is it difficult to send email? Is it easy to send email? You can test to see whether there's a linkage between that and customer satisfaction. So getting the level right is the second challenge. Setting it in terms of something that's measurable, that's observable, and that's small enough scale that you can give it to a single team and it's a meaningful kind of scope. And then I imagine it's part of that iterative process. Like just because you thought about the outcome you want and chunked it down to something that you can actually then execute on. It's still a matter of getting out there into the real marketplace, testing things, building things, seeing what happens and doing that over and over again until you get it right. Is that the process? And that's exactly it. And that's the third challenge. That's where lean startup thinking is so useful, right? Because we can make an assertion if customers can do this thing in the example before, if they can send email more easily, their satisfaction will increase. Well, we don't know that. That's an assumption. That's a hypothesis. And so the next step is we've declared that assumption and now we have to go test it. Right. And you have to see, like, is there really a linkage between these ideas? That's one of the challenges of working in these complex systems is we don't know if we're right until we put our ideas in motion and test them. You talk a little bit about, and you've probably seen how this works, the idea of having a collaborative team that can actually build and iterate and and move fast from that perspective. If you're working with a big complex system, you're probably having multiple types of teams that are doing this in in an organization that, how do you coordinate or bring that all together to build the holistic solution that you're trying to build? That is definitely an art. (laughs) And another reason why you don't see teams working this way is because it's much easier to go back to industrial age management and say, well, you guys make the tire and you guys make the wheel and you guys make the axle and four will put it all together, right? Just manage by, here's what you're going to make. To manage by outcome means you need some sort of coordination that's a little more abstract. The teams that have the most success are ones that have a way to see the system of outcomes and how they roll up. For example, I wrote in the book a little bit about the team at hbr.org they decided they wanted to be more outcome-centric. And they said, look, what are the highest level for them sort of impacts that they were going for on a standing basis? And they said, look, our business model is we want people to buy more things from us. And Mm -hmm. here are the things that we want them to buy, subscriptions and white papers and trainings. And then we want people to consume those things at a higher rate. And if they consume them at a high rate, They'll get more satisfaction from them. They'll recommend them more. And they're likely to come back and buy more. And that's their kind of virtuous circle. They created two teams, one that was focused around purchasing-related outcomes and one that was focused around consumption-related outcomes. And every quarter, they would focus on a specific part of their mission. Where can we work on improving the purchasing experience? Where can we work on improving the reading or consuming experience. They were small enough that they could do that with somewhat informal coordination. And then as you get bigger, you need to put more systems on top of that to align the teams around. Yeah, absolutely. You are coming out to the Inside Outside Innovation Summit in October. So we're excited to have you out here to Nebraska. And you're going to be talking about the book and and some of the things that you're seeing in your consulting practice. But the other thing I want to talk about is you've got a new publishing group called Sense and Respond that came out of the last book you wrote. Maybe let's talk a little bit about what that new project is all about and what you're seeing from that perspective. And it's a little bit different than consulting, I suppose. Sense 
Bond Press is a small publishing company. We publish books on innovation, product management, and digital transformation. I'm doing this with my business partner and co-author, Jeff Gothel. And so Jeff and I, we wrote the UX together for O'Reilly, and we wrote Sense and Respond for HBR Press. And when we looked at the market, we said, you know, we think there's an opportunity that sort of has two different dimensions. One is nobody was really laser focused on this space of like product management, innovation, digital transformation, and really with a kind of a lean startup and agile lens on mm-hmm. all of that. So we saw that there was a content opportunity. Then the other thing that we were seeing was that for the most part, business books are too long. They're just too long. I mean, I, you know, I'm somebody who wrote a full-length business book, and so I uh, speak from experience. The business constraint is you have to write a magazine article or you write a full-length book. Right. And yet when you go and you visit managers in busy organizations, most of them have a stack of books on their desk that are like their wish list, the things they wish they had time to read. You know, it's a kind of the dirty little secret. It's like, oh yeah, I read that book, but really I read the first chapter and the third chapter. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to write books for busy professionals, a book that, you know, I live on the East Coast. And so our vision was, we want to write a book that you can read on a single flight from New York to Boston. And that will give you something really actionable. So these are not theoretical books, it's really practical stuff that I can use in the meeting when I arrive in Boston. And so far, the feedback on that has been great. People keep writing to us and they keep saying, you know, thank you for making these books short. Our contract specify the books have to come in at around 10 to 12,000 words, which is a generous chapter of a typical business book. We've got some great authors with some terrific titles and been having a lot of success with it. It's been great to see the highlight on some different authors as well. So people like Sarah Hudson, who's wrote The Government Fix, she's going to be coming out to the summit as well. And again, a little bit different take on innovation and what the space is. Folks that came out last year, Nicole Rafuku, Ryan Jacoby, those folks have books in your press. It's really nice to see the hands-on practitioners be able to contribute to this as well, rather than having just the thought leader, author uh, types uh, out there. Appreciate what you're doing in yeah, this space. Well, thank you for saying that. It's an interesting thing. You know, when you write a book, And you meet people at a conference or at a party, they say, oh, I have an idea for a book. And you silently go, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But it was incredible, actually, how many people had really great ideas for books, and they just needed some way to make them appear in the world. And part of our mission is to unlock these great books from practitioners who really have a lot to share, but don't necessarily think of themselves as in the book writing business. So we're really committed to unlocking new voices and working with first-time authors. Josh, I wanted to give people an opportunity to find out a little bit more about you and press that. What's the best way for them to do that? My website is joshuaseiden.com. You can follow me on Twitter at jseiden, and you can check out the press at senseandrespondpress.com. Excellent. Josh, thanks again for being on Inside Outside Innovation the second time. Looking forward to uh, catching up here in October at the IO Summit. Looking forward to all the great things that you connect people with in this world of innovation. So thanks very much. Brian, thank you so much. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Artinger. Until next time, go out and innovate. <laughs>